You're listening to Turf Show Radio. With the first pick in the 2016 NFL Draft, the Los Angeles Rams select Jared Goff, quarterback, California. John Austin, and a nickel back to the Bears. Give it to Gurley. Gurley extending to the goal line. Touchdown. Todd Gurley. That puts him at 1,000 yards on the button in his rookie season. And now, here's your host. Little Turf Show Times radio tidbit here. I am here with the great Jennifer Lee Chan of Niners Nation. Actually, the woman who broke not quite John Lynch, but the fact that there was going to be a third mystery candidate for the San Francisco 49ers. Nobody believed it at the time. Everybody thought it was going somewhere. And then the Niners go and hire John Lynch on what was reported to be a six-year deal. Massively good reporting by you. How are you doing, Jen? <laughs> Thank you. I'm doing great. It's been a busy weekend. <laughs> I would I would say so. I would say so. So first thing that I'm, I'm going to ask here, I, I know the Niners-Rams have a little bit of rivalry, and we'll get to the report that somewhat came out today, yesterday, through conversations that happened in my timeline. But I kind of wanted to get into the mindset of what I'm sure a lot of people are wondering and why John Lynch? Because I've seen people say it's indefensible, and I've seen people say it's completely defensible. Obviously, he's not just a media guy. He is a football guy. But what makes him qualified to become a GM with that kind of a deal right out of the gate? Well, I got to say, everybody across the country was surprised by the news. So it was really kind of out of left field, obviously. Um I think the reason that it may work out is that both of them are first time in their job. It's the first time he's been a GM. It's the first time Kyle Shanahan will be a head coach. They're both coming in there with, yeah, reportedly six-year deals. And it seems like they both are very willing to have a real partnership is what he called it yesterday in his conference call. So with that in mind, as long as – they have, you know, the symbiotic relationship that the Niners have been lacking for the last, uh, I don't know, decade or so. Uh, it has potential to be great. So that's my positive spin on it. And he's going to surround himself with people that have a lot of experience. I mean, one thing in his conference call yesterday, he just he said all of the right things. He his best quote was, "I'm smart enough to know what I don't know." So if he takes that approach to everything, he's understanding that the people that are in the personal departments, could be wary of him coming in and taking a job after not spending any time in the front office. I mean, he understands that. He gets it. So as long as he has that understanding, I think it could be a workable job and relationship. Now, one of the things that was kind of in my report, which, we'll again, we'll get to in a second, but, but was cleared up by Jim Trotter 
what is actually going to be the day-to-day control, you know, the, the, the inner power struggle, if you will, between GM and head coach? Because it was reported, I think people got 53% mixed up with 53-man roster. What, what is the <laughs> bottom, bottom line that's going to be here? Who has control over what? Now, they haven't been specific in regards to the conference call or the Niners have not been specific about it. You know, Trotter is pretty dialed into the Niners front office. So he did say that Lynch would be in charge of the 90-person uh, roster and free agency, and then Kyle Shanahan would be have control over the 53. So the cut downs and whatnot would be done by Kyle Shanahan, but 90-man and free agency would be done by John Lynch and his team. So, I mean, it's been that way, I believe, in Atlanta. So I think that's kind of, you know, the the system that he's used to. And you kind of look around the league and you see where, you know, coaches have a really, I guess, I don't know if an upper hand's kind of the wrong way to say it. but Almost a Pete Carroll thing, right? Exactly. There's that and there's Bill Belichick. I mean, so there's a lot of different systems around the league where the coach actually has more input and has – uh, Matt Barrows wrote a great article about who has the trigger. So the final say, if they're tied on someone, you know, someone just says yes and someone says no on a person, the head coach has the tiebreaker ultimately. Uh, it's kind of worked out for quite a few people. And, you know, the, the power going to the GM has, is kind of something that's new in the past 10 to 15 years. Previous to that, it was the head coach's decision to make the, the final 53. And that's going to be really interesting to, to, to see how that plays out because, the Rams are not in too dissimilar of a situation, slightly different in that Les Snead has been there, uh, you know, obviously is a GM. But they went out, they hired Sean McVay, uh, you know, third-year offensive coordinator with Washington, comes over, is going to be the youngest, actually is the youngest head coach in NFL history. And like Shanahan and Lynch, it appears that he won the Rams over with that I'm smart enough to know what I don't know. He went out there and he brought in Wade Phillips and, and strong reports were out there that Anthony Lynn was going to be his target. And I kind of feel that's why San Diego hired him is they realized that it was either him or the team across the way was going to pay him a boatload of money to become a coordinator over there. Mm-hmm. I, the, the curious part to me in all of this is that so the reports come out that Kyle Shanahan was somewhat offended by the Rams, though Ben Albright said I wouldn't quite say offended. It was more like he wanted to be the guy, and the Rams were unwilling to wait. When this entire first, when this thing just first started, when when all the vacancies were there, when all the head coaching candidates were propped up for positions, everybody had Kyle Shanahan going to the Niners. As you understand it, how does Shanahan go – or excuse, excuse me, not everybody had to go into the Niners, to so the Broncos. Freudian slip there, the Broncos. Mm-hmm. How does Shanahan, from, from as you understand it, pass through literally every other NFL team to the Niners who finally hire him? Not that that's a bad thing. I'm just curious how the hottest head coaching candidate of this year is the last one hired. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, and I think – I mean, it's, you know, we'll never really know the full truth of it all, but I believe that when they met with him, they said, all right, you're going to be, if you're coming here, this is what you're going to get. You're going to have control. You're going to be the guy. So I think that was enticing to him. I think 
the 49ers had to do that because of their history with not being able to keep coaches in house for very long of recent, you know, the past three years. Three. So I think they had to make the job attractive. And I think that was one of the ways they did it. And so, you know, they served it up to him basically on a silver platter. And he said, all right, I'll take that one. I mean, they had to make it the most enticing job for him. And it seems that they did that. So now you, we come back to the Rams, and you look at this thing. To me, Rams fans are obviously going to use this and say, oh, the Rams passed him over. They took McVeigh first. They did, Therefore, they didn't want Shanahan. To me, there's also a case to be made that the reason Shanahan would go last is because his team is also the only one still playing out of head coaching candidates. If you want Shanahan, you literally have to wait until after the final game of the season. And for some teams, that is too much to sit on with the needs. How were the Niners with all of their needs, with the attrition, with the, with the tyrants, with people trading, how were the Niners able to sit on this in the midst of all of this chaos? I mean, that's, that's, it seems crazy and brilliant all at the same time. <laughs> it kind of is crazy and brilliant at the same time. You got it nailed right there. Uh, you know, I think it's just they realized that's what they had to do. They wanted to start with a completely blank slate, get new guys, new blood with enthusiasm and just a new point of view. And to get that, I think they realized, okay, we're going to suck it up and we're going to wait to get our guy. And, you know, it's kind of a sacrifice that you have to make in that situation. So. I think that's that was what the plan was. So a couple of uh, perspective questions, because obviously Rams fans want to understand what the Niners are doing because everybody wants to understand their opponents. Looking at the Rams situation from your guys' perspective, how the fact that less need is retained, let's start there. How is that viewed in, say, Niner circles? I mean, is that one of those? Because you know the whole college when the coach doesn't get the head job or when he does and the fans are like, oh, thank God, see you later. You guys can have him. Like Mike <laughs> Riley's the last guy that comes to mind. Is, this, is that one of these sort of situ- situations? Are Niners fans happy to see Les Need still in charge? Probably a little bit. I mean, you know, anytime that old guard stays in that hasn't done well, you're like, okay, that's good. <laughs> I mean, it was the same thing when uh, – who is the coach at Cal that stayed there forever? Tedford, now at Fresno yes. State. <laughs> Which, I mean, by the way, I flipping knew. But I reported <laughs> a year in advance. I'm waiting on that one. I'm waiting on my <laughs> national credit for that one. <laughs> So it was kind of like every year Tedford was trying to be like, yes, cool, Tedford's still there, we'll be good. So, I mean, there always is a little bit of that. You know, your rivalry has a, has no turnover. So, you know, it's, what is it, the the enemy you know versus the enemy you don't know? So yeah. it's, a little, it's a little bit of that, I think. Now, looking at McVeigh, obviously with Shanahan and McVeigh, Shanahan has the pedigree, so does McVeigh, is – when, when when Niners fans or when you look at this situation, I imagine that you have the same trepidation that I do. This guy, in theory, he checks all the boxes. He, you know, he's got he's got the acumen, he's got the experience as much as you apparently need these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got the brain for it. 
But nobody knows how these two are going to react as first-time managers. What's the response to the McVay hire? Is, is it sort of the same lens? I would think so. I mean, it's both of them are so unknown at this point. I mean, they've done, they've had a great track record. They have the pedigree, but you know, this is a big step, and it's you know, how well will they be able to delegate? I mean, there are so many first-time head coaches that were fantastic coordinators that ended up not being good head coaches, went back to being a coordinator, and then went back to being a head coach and were so much better because they learned how to delegate. So it's just really both of their abilities or, you know, will it be their ability to be able to delegate and let go and have, let control over certain parts of the game belong to the appropriate people so that everybody can do their job to the best of their ability. And before we get out of here, it wouldn't be fair if we didn't talk about the the, the previous season. I, it, the Niners in almost impossibly had a worse season than anyone could have imagined, yet somehow they had the Rams numbers. Um, the Rams were were dedicated. They They went into those games and planned to give the Niners the win. I am convinced. How the hell do... <laughs> the San Francisco 49ers end up winning their both their games against the Rams. How does that happen? I have no idea, to be honest with you. I was not expecting that, but it was kind of one of those, you know, this is kind of in the back of everything. This is one of those games that they, they could win. And, it, yeah, I, of course, a lot of Niner fans were upset about it because it blew the, the draft pick. But, you know, I it was – what they needed at the time, it was such a great mental relief for all that that locker room was such a different place than it was the week before. And, I mean, I'm happy that it happened for them. They really needed it. There were guys on the team in that game that had not won a game because they weren't on the roster week one when they beat the Rams the first time. So, yeah, so there were guys, that was their first win of the season because they had so many injuries. They had so much turnover on the roster that for some of the players, that was their first win of the season. I just got to go back and look at the tape and figure out, like, how Chip Kelly had Jeff Fisher's number. Couldn't get anything done, but he could beat. (laughs) You know, it also, just in – as you were talking too, it also seems to me like when you look at Kyle Shanahan coming into this situation with John Lynch, having that number one overall pick, I feel like it's almost a blessing in disguise for the Niners that that didn't happen because instead of having a guy like John Lynch, who you're already having to justify to the media, Kyle Shanahan being a first time head coach, then you add on to that, the pressure of the number one overall pick, as Les Snead will find out, is going to be forever tied to the legacy that you've created. And obviously one of the things that came out was that Shanahan wasn't cool on the Rams' previous number one overall pick, Goff. He he Mm -hmm. wasn't a big fan of him. So in many ways it feels like to me the the, the Niners actually maybe benefited from from beating the Rams that second game. (laughs) It is quite possible. Time will tell, but it is quite possible. Hey, man, the number – what is it, the number two or the number three that they ended up with? Two, number two. Two or two, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, number two is, uh, is is not a bad position. Because nobody ever complains, oh, they burnt the number two pick on this guy. It's always the number one that gets the attention. So it is. 
Well, Jen, I know you've got a class to get to. I just want to say thank you for taking a little bit of time with us. We will definitely catch up with you as these coaching staffs fill out. I am sure there will be more cross-pollination and plenty to discuss with Niners Nation in the future. I hope you have a great day, and I hope you enjoy teaching your class. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Hello, I'm Ashley Carmen. I'm Caitlin Tiffany. We're the hosts of Why'd You Push That Button, the Verge's show about all the choices technology forces us to make. We're back for season three, talking about questions like, why do you delete your tweets? And why do you type in lowercase letters that make you seem like a serial killer? And why are you on an exclusive dating app? You're not that special. We're releasing a new episode every Wednesday, and you can find this anywhere you typically find podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. So go ahead and subscribe and check us out.